You have interrupted a citywide investigation. You stole evidence from my crime scene. And you got my one lead killed. I was trying to help him, but you didn't. Jessica Jones, stop talking. Who the hell are you? My name is Matthew Murdoch. I'm your attorney. How does being Harlem's hero allow you to live an actual life? Right now, I just want to help people. I think there's someone that you need to meet. How come you can't be hurt? What's the deal with that fist? Ah! I'm the immortal Iron Fist. You what? You're on the same side. You four. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, the a conversation about comics and related media, representation in them, and a bunch of other stuff under the sun. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> this episode exists somewhere in between Carefree Black Nerd Season 2 and Carefree Black Nerd Season 3. Um, we can say this is a launching off pad for the Season 3. In any event, this issue covers the Defenders. <laughs> um, specifically, Netflix Defenders. Um, gonna just run down a couple things that you need to know before the upcoming Netflix Defenders limited series uh, coming out on the 18th or the 19th uh, we'll see um, the Defenders so anyone who has been immersed in Marvel culture or at the very least with a Netflix subscription knows that there are an extended universe for Marvel comics which exists on the big screen and also on the little screen uh starting off with characters such as daredevil and jessica jones luke cage punisher electra uh danny 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 phantom no (laughs) um so yeah so if you don't know if you do know a little fresh across a little update a little something a little this little that the defenders who the hell are they well there is a limited series that stars Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, Daredevil, Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, and Finn Jones as Danny and Iron Fist. Um, they're all reprising their roles from their individual series. Uh, homegirl Elodie Young also stars as Elektra, and I'm not even going to butcher her last name because um, I don't know how to pronounce it. They all reprise their role from their individual Netflix series. Uh, a little kind of background, this miniseries, The Defenders, began in late 2013-ish, being developed um, with Cox, of course, the first ca- the first actor, cast in May of 2014. Jones as the final of the title forecast in February of 2016. Uh, Petrie and Ramirez joined as showrunners in April after serving about the same um, excuse me, after serving the same role on the second season of Daredevil. Um, now let's see, this show will be set a few months after the events of Daredevil's second season and a month after the events of the first season of Iron Fist. Um, so, if you haven't seen the individual series um you could wait and binge watch you know every season of the four t- 
title characters or whatnot, or you could just dive right in because I'm pretty sure Marvel is going to Marvel and Netflix is going to make it reasonably accessible enough to just dive right in, you know. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> so it'll be set a few months um, after second season Daredevil and a month after the first season of Iron Fist. The vigilantes Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist team up in New York City to fight a common enemy, the Hand. Um, which again is just generic Asian ninja bad guy, which is... <sighs> okay, so um, who are the characters? Well, Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock daredevil he is a blind lawyer in hell's kitchen with his four remaining senses enhanced he is secretly the vigilante daredevil um cox stated that in the second season of daredevil which we see murdoch fight alongside Elektra and the punisher this kind of prepared him for the defenders saying that and i quote something that is very tricky for matt is to allow anyone to help him he finds it impossible to ask for help one of the lessons that he's starting to learn is that he needs other people. He needs help. Which um, is very much... Like, I've, I've watched every season of every show, you know, clearly. And that was a frustrating thing for me watching Daredevil. But it seemed very true to the character. So, regardless if you think he's boring, you think he's exciting, whatever your opinions are on Daredevil, it, it it's there is this natural progression of what this character is going through. And not even just based off of his um differently abledness uh and about him being blind but just the character himself it was i had a lot of frustration watching him like grow into a darker vigilante a pseudo batman of sorts i don't know um yeah so uh cox also said that at the start of the miniseries he sees Electra's death and at the end of Daredevil's second season weighing heavily, heavily on Murdoch that he is a little bit lost and the best he can do now is to not engage in his vigilante activities. Right. Though he has not completely found peace with that idea, um, in addition, Murdoch still looks to his faith regarding his actions. Uh, Cox come in and he believes that his intentions are good. He's always always going to wonder if he's committing a moral sin which to me makes daredevil a very boring character no, like he's good the fight scenes are exciting seeing him use his senses in different ways is cool but i like the fact that his religion is such a huge part of his character um because i think in that sense there's a lot of things that separate him from batman but if you're looking at the blanket um wealthy white man who goes around and kicks ass at night fighting crime like they're kind of one and the same but the fact that he relies so heavily on his moral compass coming from his religion is um a very kind of nice touch as um and then being catholic so regardless of what your religion is or if you have one or if you don't have one that's still something that can clearly set him apart from other characters aside from him being blind and all that um what gets boring to me after a while is that constant wondering if oh am I doing the right thing did I do the right thing is this right it's like man if you're a vigilante and you just out here trying to kick ass and take names later and do good for your neighborhood all of this oh but father is this the right thing like either you're gonna do it or you're not you're not a police officer so no matter what you do it's quote unquote not the right thing to do you're a vigilante but you're ah, just whatever I don't know the Kingpin, Punisher, 
and then the secondary characters are very much what I found to be some of the better parts of Daredevil. It's a good series, but I think seeing these other characters emerge from his show, which I guess is a testament to having a pretty good show, or, you know, something that at least it it speaks for itself as being pretty good, because you have stuff like Orange is the New Black, where Piper, the main character, is... She's interesting to an extent, but all the other women surrounding her makes that show worth watching. Well, it did before, whatever. Um... So yeah, so of course Daredevil's always going to wonder if he's committing a moral sin. Uh, Cox said also that he felt that Murdoch and Jessica Jones would have a fiery relationship. Um, in this series, since they're both you know quite the opinionated and quite stubborn, which that's something I'm looking forward to as well, like pr- pretty much Jessica Jones, period. Um, I like this uh, drunk, super-powered woman who... It's gonna say what the hell she like. I I just I like Jessica Jones as a character, um, although I do have thoughts on her, which I'll get into. <laughs> uh, who is Jessica Jones? Kristen Ritter will play Jessica Jones, a private investigator suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, who has her own agency, Alias Investigations. Ritter felt it would be interesting to see what forces Jones to team up with the other heroes, since, as I quote, she doesn't want to be a superhero. She doesn't want anything to do with that. I said with a neck roll and a snazzy, uh, snap and Z formation. <laughs> no, yeah, um, Jessica Jones was a good series. Um, I like the fact that it was led by a woman. Um, it dealt with more, I guess, cerebral issues rather than like a physical. It dealt with physical in its own way, but not like Daredevil did, not like Luke Cage did. And um, this idea of, like, I want to say Munchausen Syndrome, I think that might be wrong. But this idea of being kidnapped, being forced to do things against your will, to um, kind of being um psychologically tormented by your captor your captor not feeling like or knowing or thinking that their actions were wrong like it was a very dark show and it felt like it was more of a horror styled show than any other like superhero show that I've seen especially the Netflix Marvel series like Jessica Jones from the color to the cinematography to the theme like it was a really really good um kind of psychological horror or thriller at least and I appreciated that um so yeah so and she did that's other than she doesn't want to be a hero um also you know for those out there who don't know Kristen Ritter Jessica Jones alias investigations was pulled directly from the Marvel Max line uh alias which was Jessica Jones kind of premiering to the Marvel Universe it was a very gritty um the Max Line is a gritty series anyways, but Jessica Jones, a lot of the things that were pulled from that season of Jessica Jones, her first season, were come directly from her Max run uh, with the Purple Man, Killmonger, and all that good stuff. So um, she doesn't want anything to do with being a superhero. Also, she states that the, um, at the start of the series, Jones is still dealing with the aftermath of Killgrave, which is... Say what you want about the Netflix shows and them running too long, 13 episodes and whatnot, but this whole 
arc of dealing with Kilgrave and dealing with a superpower individual who doesn't have like a glowing fist, who doesn't have a um like a visible um threat to him. Like it was the payoff at the end I felt was really satisfying once everything was wrapped up. Uh so yeah, so she's coming off of that and oh boy was that a doozy <laughs> um, along with this newfound success for Alias Investigations at the conclusion of the first season Jessica says people want to people want her to work for them she's getting a lot of business and she's not particularly ready for that uh, describes this dynamic between Jones and the rest of the team they're saying that she's glorious the most reluctant hero in the world she's going to have to let the three men into her life who she doesn't 100% trust uh, Ritter notices that Jones and Murdoch would have a cat and mouse dynamic with the roles switching between the two characters. That's something I'm interested to see as well. Like, as someone who watched every season of each of these shows, being kind of invested in them as characters, um, just to see what happens when you pit them against each other. Because you have, like, the Avengers, but that's pretty much two hours of watching people fight and kind of develop relationships and then in credits this we had intimate time to spend with each character for 13 episodes like to kind of follow them to fall for them and uh to see defenders come together i guess it's kind of the sense you'll get with avengers infinity war but again what makes that separate for me is that these are wonderful films that come out maybe one or two a year that led up to this where that's some anticipation in its own right this however is again 13 plus episodes of each individual character leading up to this miniseries so it would have been interesting (laughs) if I could have sat down maybe last week and just started watching every series in chronological order so that it would lead up to but I wasn't doing that that's four different series at least 13 episodes um, each and then Daredevil having more than one season nah brah nah uh, <laughs> so we move on to fan favorite Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, a former convict at Seagate Prison with superhuman strength and unbreakable skin, who now fights crime in Harlem. Coulter felt that none of the defenders seemed like they would want to be in a superhero group together, which is interesting because it's a callback to the original defenders. Because for those of you out there who don't know, these four teamed up guys are not what Marvel had as the Defenders originally. Originally it was Doctor Strange, The Incredible Hulk, Namor, um, King of Atlantis, and Silver Surfer. And neither one of them wanted to work together. And it was this whole big cosmic level threat and all this shit that was going on for years and years and years. Um, Say all that to say that that's kind of mirrored in this series. And this might be a callback to um, the original Defenders and their situation with not wanting to work together. Or it could just be like, look, these motherfuckers are defending their own neighborhoods, they're trying to mind their own business, and they have to team up. Either way, I think it's a nice little um, relation to the original defenders from the comics from way back when. He says that uh, none of them would want to be in a superhero group together, though Cage specifically knows that there are other people like him. He is in his own world. He added that at the beginning of the series, he would deal with the consequences that Cage, um, of Luke Cage voluntarily going to prison to atone for his past. Uh, Mike Coulter says he's been able to come clean and to deal with his past. 
The difficulty with Cage, and this is in the first season of Luke Cage, is that he has this secret. He has this thing that he's been trying to run away from and deal with, and that's a big burden to bear. That weighs on you. That changes who you are as a person. Now that that's out the way, I think we can give him a little different approach to life. Um, eh, I don't know. I feel like, of course, if you watch Luke Cage, great season overall. The last arc, the last seven episodes were not as exciting for me as the first. The first seemed like a very interesting, dramatic um, portrayal of comic book superhero shows. The last seven episodes were very much kind of campy, comic-ish, but still overall a good season. Um, We got that Cage would act as the counselor uh, for the group, as well as the mentor to Danny Rand, which is like, I'm interested to see what Danny Rand and Luke Cage's chemistry is on screen because in the comics they are these BFFs who are Power Man and Iron Fist but looking at the Danny Rand that we got versus the Danny Rand that we wanted and needed and deserved um I don't know that's whatever um excuse me uh the combination of Cage and Rand was done as an homage to the pair's relationship in Heroes for Hire that culture described as a cool combination and would have a wisdom versus youth quality. So, yeah, whatever. Finn Jones as Danny Rand, Iron Fist. <sighs> a billionaire Buddhist monk, co-CEO of Rand Enterprises, and martial arts expert, <laughs> expert, with the ability to call upon the mystical power of the Iron Fist. Jones said that Rand is the one who really knows what's going on, which... It's funny because it didn't seem like he knew what the fuck was going on in his own series. He knows just how serious the situation is. And the one who drives the group to get shit done. Again. I'm look, uh, That's whatever. Jones described the difference in Rand from Iron Fist versus the Defenders as Danny in his adolescence in the former. And Danny taking responsibility and moving forward with his purpose in the latter. <sighs> He continues saying he's craving desperately for family, for help, for guidance, for people to learn from, and for a team in the Defenders. But because of what happens in Iron Fist, he is very untrusting. It is really his way or no way. Jones also felt that between Iron Fist and the Defenders, the series and the miniseries was, and I quote, the complete first season of Danny Rand's journey. Nigga, you can't co-op the... Okay. Coulter described Rand as a young guy with an exuberance that Luke Cage wants to temper a bit. Danny comes out like a boy in a china shop in some ways, and I think Luke has seen the world and knows certain things. Okay. <laughs> so that's that. And uh, <clears throat> we'll quick, uh, take, a, take a quick little break and then get back into the rest of the Defender's Guide. Everybody's raving about the fight scene. So they're wondering, you know, uh, how long before you guys get together and how fun was it to shoot that together? A lot of fun. When when we finally get together, all of us being together and just being on set together and sharing our energies and sharing our characters' different point of views was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the fight scenes, it's odd because 
anytime we have stunts, it takes an entire day to film these stunts, and yeah. it probably lasts Five, on two, three days. Yeah, two or three days, and it lasts on on camera on screen for probably, twenty seconds. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a minute. A minute. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. one of those things. Maybe two minutes, but it's still so much time spent. So it becomes very tedious. So when we see it put cut together, it, it's it's a great thing, but it's so hard to film those things because there's so many things that have to go right for it to work. Take after take after take. I mean, one thing's off, we have to do it again. So yeah. it's it's great when it when it comes together. Do you consider it as a challenge uh, being compared to the Avengers? And how different, when, when people ask you, how different is it? So different. We, we, to me, it's, it's like apples and oranges, you know. Yeah. We're street-level heroes. We're not, yeah. we're not nearly as powerful as those guys are. Um, and as a consequence, the, the kind of, the, I think the, the genre and the tones of, our show, of the Avengers and our shows are very different. Yeah, we're talking about character-driven plot lines as opposed to, you know, a lot of CGI and a lot of expert um, um, weaponry yeah. and stunts and, and, you know, spectacle. We don't, that's yeah. not what we do. So the fans that watch those blockbuster movies, they go for a specific reason, and the fans that tune into us, probably some of the same fans, watch our stories for a completely different reason. You know, we talk about how, you know, they are saving the world from mass destruction, and we are saving a 10-radius city block, you know what I mean? So... We uh, a couple other things to prepare for the defenders. Um, we know that even though we have the mashup of the big four superhero guys, we also know that the defender includes more than just the core cast. We have a slew of other supporting characters. Um, Daredevil's main characters, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, they'll be putting in appearances, while Malcolm Ducasse, who was treated horribly by Jessica which made her show so problematic and oh god um and also Trish Walker they'll be involved from Jessica Jones and uh another fan favorite Misty Knight from Luke Cage and Colleen Wing from Iron Fist um considering Foggy and Karen both have high profile jobs in New York uh Malcolm became Jessica's assistant at the end of the series um and the three ladies all possess serious fighting skills. This probably is not, I don't know, a huge surprise, but we are going to have some very good, you know, supporting cast in this. And I'm hoping that in this series we get, like, a good amount of scenes with them. Like, I like that the shows are all tied together. You have some weaving in and out, like, uh, you know, Foggy getting the job with um, Hogarth and daredevil season two and you know hogarth is a um character from jessica jones like that little bit there but to have these side characters supporting characters like all appear in a scene a few scenes together or cross over like ah it's just so i don't know interesting <laughs> i'm excited for it um also uh jerry hogarth claire temple of course claire is the through line through the netflix series um She's appeared, of course, in every season of every show, but um, Madame Gua- wow. Madame Gao apparently will be in this uh, series as well. Which how couldn't she be? You know, we have the hand. Uh, next, 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 next on this list of things to know for the show. Oh, Alexandra was created for the show. Sigourney Reaver. Sigourney Reaver. <clears throat> Sigourney Weaver is playing the adversary the four title characters will be going up against. But if you're hoping to get some clues about her game plan from the comic pages, you're out of luck, Buck. <laughs> Another thing that I like is that we are pulling a new character in. So as much as comic book 
adaptations are all the rave and you're able to look back on um, issues and content and say oh this doesn't hold up oh this was great and whatever else the fact that this villain is now created is brand new and it's a woman and it's an older woman like it's not this cisgendered maniacal white man with you know an axe to grind this is a woman albeit a white woman a woman who's older and from the scenes that I've seen I don't know what it is that she's doing um I just know that she's going to cause trouble for these guys and again relying on the fact that this is a woman this is very interesting Sigourney Weaver is a good actress so whatever the hell we get it's going to be good at least on her end um so according to press events out of the San Diego Comic Con, Alexandra is not an existing comic book character. What we know about her is that she's a powerful businesswoman who was pulling the strings behind the scenes, and that's about it. Um, Marco Ramirez, the showrunner, has referred to Alexandra as the thing in the shadows, previously referenced by members of The Hand. So we know she's got a lot of connection to different organizations throughout each series. Um, she could even end up being like a mix of a lot of different villains from the comics but just the fact that she's a brand new character who will probably more than likely after this series if not right now before it airs will find her way into the comics which gives me hope for looking back on Luke Cage seeing Raphael Sadiq seeing Faith Evans like seeing all these black ass people perform at uh, <laughs> at um uh shit the damn cotton club <laughs> um that oh shit what's the Mahershala Ali's character shit everybody's escaping me right now you you know don't judge me judge your stepmom <laughs> but no just seeing them appear on the pages of somebody's Marvel comic would be amazing but whatever um but yeah so Sigourney Weaver being this evil destructive thing and she is kind of I'd even venture to say taking on Kingpin's role from the comics um, I wonder if we'll get a little bit of Kingpin in this and yeah, maybe maybe not but either way having Sigourney Weaver as this big boss badass that's fucking up these four superpower motherfuckers I'm I'm all for it I'm actually very excited um, next up is that the hand the hand the generic Asian ninja bad guys huh <sighs> we find out that the hand is actually more than just the hand which is good because you don't just have this stereotype running around but it's not that great but anyways the hand has like a few different branches um it's important that we've seen multiple versions of the hand across netflix series already you know jessica jones and luke cage didn't deal with the hand um it was more personal but with daredevil and iron fist the kind of bookends to the individual series we got things i don't know major connections that they have excuse me being very different um daredevil battle members of the hand who were intent on bringing black sky to new york for nefarious purposes meanwhile in iron fist he was trained almost his entire life to go up against the hand he always thought that they were straight up bad guys no gray area colleen wing however was taught that the hand was like a family helping lost people find their purpose in the world and at least one group of the hand was also heavily involved in the drug trade thanks to the mysterious Madame Guao and her heroine um but what does this all mean uh pretty much that it's not black and white there is gray area um there's still the villains but 
I can appreciate the idea that they are not just in straight up, we are dead ninjas who are fighting you. Like they're a little bit more of a secret organization that is akin to S.H.I.E.L.D. or Illuminati or the mob or whatever. I just like that it's not just look at these evil Asians and what they can do. Because we get these masked people and we never, I don't know. Not gonna go down that road. <laughs> I'm just excited. But um also important to note that this will be a eight episode run and as opposed to the usual thirteen. Um I'm not sure if it's because people were complaining that thirteen was too long when it came to these shows. Um uh, if it, the show's kinda dragged around the tenth episode. Um if I don't know, it just made more sense to do eight but I am very much looking forward to eight solid hours of awesome content. Um, also, this season marks the end of Netflix's phase one, which is great. But <laughs> now at the time of this recording, Disney has announced that they straight up snatching their shit from Netflix. So with Disney creating their own streaming service in 2019... What does that do for phase two of their street level cinematic universe? Like, because we haven't crossed over much outside of mentioning the big event in New York back in Avengers. Um, so there's not a direct tie as far as timeline. We know that it's, it's a little bit after that. But if this, like, is this it? Like, will this complete all of phase one? We'll get another Daredevil season. I think season two for Jessica Jones. And a season two for Daredevil. Well, in a season two for um, Iron Fist has been confirmed. Like, will we get those? And then that's it. And then everything switches over. And then that's phase two. Or, I don't know, whatever. Whatever it is, we'll figure out soon enough. But this is my short little guide to what's going on in the Defenders. So, gear up and get ready. Anybody who's having a watch event on Twitter, hit me up. Probably Black Girl Nerds. I'm... Probably going to go on over to that Twitter and see what they got going on. But, um, shoot, hit me up. Let me know. I'm trying to join the conversation, uh, get a few jokes off, and live tweet with everybody else. So, this has been kind of an issue of Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. I don't know. Uh, But let's keep this conversation going. If you like the characters, you didn't like them, you want to know more, you don't want to know a damn thing, hit me up. Let me know what's up. Um, Also, just... Shit, let's watch it together. Get ready for this damn Defenders. Um, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Uh, but tweet me, carefreeblurred. Hit me up. Let's talk. Let's rap, y'all. Uh, I don't know. It's SoundCloud, iTunes. Hit up that five stars, those likes, those hearts, those shares, comment, all that. Thanks for the love so far. Um... I guess it's up to you. If you consider this a part of the season three of Carefree Black Nerd, great. We'll say it is. If you think it's not, then it's not. But all in all, I want y'all to stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay defending your realm from the hand. I don't know. <laughs> uh, see y'all on Netflix, man. You think the four of you can shave New York? You can't even save yourselves. Mm-hmm.